And we start with the song of the day today, All Along the Watchtower. And this happens to be my favorite version of this song. And this is a song that was probably covered by everybody. Bob Dylan wrote it, All Along the Watchtower, but everybody did covers of it, and there are a lot of great covers on it. I was just watching a cover of uh, Brian Ferry of Roxy Music and Robin Trower. They did a version of it, and U2 did a version of it. Dave Matthews Band did a version of it. Grateful Dead did a version of it, and goodness gracious, Jim... Jimi Hendrix did a version of it, but this was my particular favorite. Frank Marino and Mahogany Rush. I don't know why it is, but it is. All along the Watchtower, it sounds great. Listen, I am really, really confused. This is the most confused feeling I've ever had as an individual, and I've had this confused feeling my entire life, and I've never sorted it out. You know how it is in your head. You can always figure out a reason why something happened and what the, the solution to that confused feeling is always, you can always figure it out, rationalize in your head, you know, what the reason is, but this is one I've never, ever figured out. I was at Dunkin' Donuts the other day with my daughter and one o'clock in the afternoon, nobody's in Dunkin' Donuts. It's just me and sat down and got a box of dozen donuts, which by the way, is there anything that makes anybody happier in life than a box of donuts? You know, eating Boston cream pie and, and she's having her strawberry sprinkles and and that. And then in comes this guy and he's, hey, what's going on? And he's kind of, you know, real upbeat and up tempo. And the people behind the stand at Dunkin' Donuts, are, their eyes are rolling, you know, and they're turning their backs, you know. And I think I know where this is going, judging by the appearance of the guy. And he walks over and gets his free water and he looks around and there's nobody in Dunkin' Donuts except for me and my daughter. And he comes and takes a table right next to me. Okay. I can tell by looking at him, he's homeless. And if you ever wonder if anybody is homeless, the key, the tell-all, the do-all, end-all is the appearance. You can tell by the way that they look that they're homeless and fanny pack with their, you know, burner phone and all that kind of thing. And he sits down right next to me. So right away, you know, he's on the take. He's going to see what he get from me. I'm in a good mood, you know, and frankly, for me, everybody's story is interesting. I love people's stories. You know, and so I always want to get to the bottom of it to try and find out why these people are homeless. And he, I'm assuming he was 35 because he looked 55. You know, that's how that thing goes. But uh, so, I, and first thing he says to me, he starts with a sob story right away. And that's part of the formula that they have. Hey, I just got out of the hospital. Okay. I had a seizure last night, which tells me one, number one, he's alcoholic because I don't know for sure, but that's what happens when you run out of alcohol. Uh, your body tries to reclaim itself and you suffer seizures. Happens all the time. So that's why he's in the hospital, probably because he had a seizure. You know, and they say, I got robbed last night. And, you know, I believe that because there's no honor among uh, homeless people. They take what they can get. I'm sure he did get robbed. You know, $40, he said. And, and, and his girlfriend kicked him out of the house for no reason, he says. She kicked me out for absolutely no reason. <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, oh, she had a reason. All right. She definitely had a reason. And then he says, uh, this is all part of the formula. And then he, cause, cause I've been through it a million times. I'm sure you have too. And he says, well, you, th those are beautiful. That's a beautiful daughter you have. Okay. Soften me up. I completely understand that. And so I'm listening to him tell his sob story about how bad the life is. And I, and I asked him, I said, so, well, listen, how long have you been homeless? He says, my whole life. And at that point, I know, okay, he's been homeless his entire life 
right? So he's got a system that works because he's alive and he's doing okay, I think. You know, I mean, I wouldn't wish homeless on anybody, but I, I guess maybe they get used to it. I'm not quite sure. Um, but so he's been homeless his whole life, so he knows what he's doing. And and so he's telling me the stories of, you know, the sob stories of his life. And, you know, I and he's telling me how much he loves Boston cream pies, which I happen to have. So I, you know, I happen to have cash on me. And I know no who has cash anymore, but I happen to have a 20. So I just put it on top of a donut and gave it to him. And 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 he looked at me and I waited for the moment. This is the finale of the formula that they use, the format that they use. I waited for it. Sure enough, God bless you. And, you know, so they use that because it makes people feel warm and good about what they've done. But in the end, out of all these years, I don't know if I've done the right thing. Now, I don't have a problem with giving a guy five or 10 bucks to go buy a cheap bottle of vodka because he's out of liquor because you know, he may have a seizure and die. And I I don't want that to happen, you know, or if he's going to use it for drugs or whatever addiction he has. I don't care. I mean, because once you're addicted to anything, you know, and that's probably one of the main reasons why they're on the street anyway, is you got to have something to keep it going. Otherwise, I mean, you could like die. So I don't care what they do with the money. So put a 20 on top of a, a Boston cream pie and, and God bless you. And walked out and my daughter asked me, she said, well, daddy, why did you give him $20? And I was getting in the car, starting up the car. And I said, I, I don't know. I don't know. Did I do the right thing? I don't know. Did I do the wrong thing? I don't know. Did I just get taken? Probably. I'm just so confused. I don't get it. It's like walking in and trying to order out of a Taco Bell menu. Or trying to understand the rules of cricket. (laughs) Other feelings that I'm confused. But I know I can figure those out. This one I can't figure out. Ladies and gentlemen, exploring and going deep into the artistry of rock lyrics. Going deep into the art of rock and roll lyrics. Welcome to Poetry Corner. Hello and welcome to Poetry Corner. And today's poem is contributed by the famed and acclaimed author and poet I. Anderson, who later joined the rock combo by the name of Jethro Tull. Please gather as I recite verses one and two. Aqua Lung. Sitting on a park bench, eyeing little girls with bad intent. Snot is running down his nose. Greasy fingers smearing shabby clothes. Hey, Aqua Lung. Drying in the cold sun, watching as the frilly panties run. Hey, Aqua Lung. Feeling like a dead duck, spitting out pieces of his broken luck. Hey, Aqua Lung. Whoa, Aqua Lung. And that concludes today's Poetry Corner. Join us again, won't you? Are you fulfilled? Do you feel intelligent now? Do you feel artsy? See, because many people look past the art of the rock and roll lyrics. (laughs) 
IBS. I suffer from a syndrome. It's called IBS, irritable bastard syndrome. And the older I get, the more irritated I do get. And I'm like every other old man. It's starting to happen. I see it happening. I have a buddy, Kevin Suggs, who calls me. He just calls me, get off my lawn. Now, he's forgotten my real name. And he just calls me, hey, get off my lawn. And, that, and that's it. Because the little things just irritate me. And I get pissed. And the latest thing happened just today. And I'm walking across the parking lot to go into the grocery store to buy something. You know, probably another set of glasses. You know. <laughs> or some aspirin. Or, you know. Fill a med, fill up uh, on a prescription, <laughs> and I'm getting ready to cross the road to get into the to the grocery store. And there's some old man in a car, and he stops, and he's like, he's telling me what to do. You know, he thinks he's being all nice and everything. You know, go ahead, cross the road, but he's telling me what to do by doing that. You know, and when I'm in a bad mood, which I I was today, kind of, I, I was like, I just stand there, you know, and I don't do anything. I said, No, you go, you know. And then he says, and I said, no, you go. Don't tell me what to do. I'm saying that to myself, of course. And they'll do one of two things at that point. They'll just screech on because, you know, there's a, you know, a little male, I still got it kind of thing going on right there, you know, and you don't really want to do that because if I'm in a really bad mood, maybe I'll give you a kick on the side of the car and fisticuffs may ensue. Generally, I don't want that because I don't have time for that kind of thing. And the other thing that may happen is I'll say, Okay, I'm feeling kind of, I guess the word is funny today. So I will walk across the street as he's told me what to do. And I will go as slow as I can, you know, and and to give it some authenticity, I might even limp just to do that. And I won't wave or say hi or even acknowledge him. I'll just walk as slow as I can, you know, and then maybe I get a win out of it that way. IBS, irritable bastard syndrome. Don't tell me what to do. Okay, I'm just waiting for you to go so I can walk around you and so I don't have to do the walk across the street in a big hustle and act all thankful, you know, because you because you're such a nice guy.